Okay, good evening and welcome to the final installment in our series, Mind-Blowing Kabbalah. And this evening, we're going to explore darkness, the light you can't see. If I were to ask you, what is darkness? How do you define darkness? What is the definition of darkness? So most of us would assume that darkness is the absence of light. When the lights are off, it gets dark. When you block out the sources of light, so then darkness automatically appears. That the, the flip side of light is darkness. You couldn't have darkness without light. Probably couldn't have light without darkness either. The contrast of the two is what creates their identities. But we would assume that uh, darkness is the, the absence of light. It's the flip side of light. It's what happens when the light is not there. As opposed to darkness being a thing, it's a no thing. Just like when we talk about nothing, if I ask you to imagine nothing, you probably imagine darkness because we can't really imagine nothing. We imagine a lack, a void, an empty space. When we think about emptiness, nothingness, what we get is dark. Because dark is not a thing, it's not an entity, it's a no thing, it's an absence. That's a, that's a normal way of looking at darkness. But that's not the Kabbalistic way of looking at darkness. There are, is another opinion when it comes to the definition of darkness that identifies darkness as being an entity, a thing, a real thing. And this idea, this fascinating idea is what we're going to explore this evening, the definition of darkness from a Kabbalistic perspective. We'll start with a, a fascinating quote from Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson, known as the Friedrich Rebbe, who lived in the 1800s and early 1900s, first half of the 1900s. And in his discourses, in his, in his mystical talks and discussions, he offers the, this, the definition of darkness. And he presents the following idea. There are actually two opinions concerning the nature of darkness. I mean, when he says these two opinions, he says within the writings of the mystics, the Kabbalists, and, and the Torah, philosophers, the Jewish philosophers, there are two opinions about it. One opinion says that darkness is no more than the absence of light. And this opinion is found in various statements of the Talmudic sages. It's found in the writings of Maimonides, the Rambam, the great philosopher of the Jewish people, where he says that darkness is not an entity, it is a non-entity, it is the absence of light. There's even an indication of such an idea from the Zohar, the, the great Kabbalistic work, the Zohar, that there's light and the lack thereof, which is darkness. So there is a valid opinion. There's a valid approach to darkness that it is a non-entity. It's an absence, an emptiness, a void. But that's only one opinion. Like with many things in Jewish thought, there are other opinions. We, we seek a second opinion. What's the other opinion? The other opinion is that darkness is an independent creation. 
that it actually was created distinctly from light. There's, there, there's two different things. There's light and there's, and there's darkness. And just like light is a creation, so is darkness a creation. That it, it is a, a deliberate entity that was brought into the world by God. Darkness exists independently of light. It was, it was created. So, so says the second opinion, the other opinion. And again, here, there are many sources within the Kabbalistic works, as well as the, the works of the sages of the Talmud, that indicate that darkness is a thing. It's an actual thing. Not just the lack of light, but a thing in, in and of itself. That is the other opinion brought by the Jewish philosophers. So to elaborate on this, continues Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. According to the first opinion, that darkness was not created. Darkness is not an entity as it is merely a void. Darkness is just the lack of light. So therefore, there's no such thing as darkness per se. There's just no light. Therefore, light must precede darkness. For only when the light is missing from a place does it become dark, either because the light was removed from there or it never reached there in the first place. But that can only happen once light exists. So darkness being the opposite or the absence of light is dependent on light for its existence. It only exists as a relative existence. If there is light, there can be darkness when that light is absent. But you can't have darkness without the sense of light. Without light around, there's no such thing as darkness because darkness is merely the, the, the absence of light. So you can have darkness because there was light there that was removed. You turn the lights off. So suddenly darkness comes. Or if the light never reached there, so then even with the lights on, but the light doesn't reach there because there's some blockage to the light. So then automatically there will be darkness. But it's only darkness because the light's not there. Had there been no light in the first place, there wouldn't be darkness. I mean, obviously, this is something that's a little bit beyond our imagination to imagine a world without light. We would automatically say, well, that would be really dark. But according to this opinion, no, it wouldn't be dark. It wouldn't be light, but it wouldn't be dark. What would it be? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you get when you when you subtract light and dark from the world, what you get. But just like nothing is not dark, it's nothing. So if there was no light, there would be no darkness. And what there would be, we don't know. But darkness only exists once there's light. Once there's a concept of light, so then there's the absence thereof. There's the absence of that light. And this is based on, on, a, on an idea that the world is created in such a, a way that is binary, that meaning there's either a yes or a no, a positive or a negative. It is or it isn't. But those two come together. If there is existence, there can be non-existence. If there is good, there can be evil. If there is positive, there can be negative. If there's black, there can be white. And so here as well, that if there's light, there can be darkness. 
But light is a thing, according to this approach. Light is a reality. And darkness is not a reality. Darkness is just the absence of light. Now, of course, here we're just talking at the moment about light and darkness. But you can already start to sense the ramifications of this idea. Because light and darkness are not just talking about the, the lighting in, a, in the room or whether the sun is up or the sun is down. Light and darkness are a metaphor for good and evil, positivity and negativity. Light is always understood as being the depiction of that which is good and holy and positive and joyous. And darkness is the depiction of evil, of negativity in the world. And so if the way we define these light and dark is going to have huge ramifications on the way we look at ourselves in the world, if light is a real entity and dark is not a real entity, dark is merely the absence of light. So then how should we view the negative in this world? It's no more than a non-entity. It's no more than a lack of something. We just need to bring some light. Bring a bit of light in and the darkness is gone. Don't take the darkness so seriously. Don't be scared of it. Don't be overwhelmed by it. It's, it's not a reality. It's a non-reality. It's just an absence, a lack. And that lack you can deal with by getting rid of it. Bring light into it. So if you're in a, a dark place, not just the lights are off, but emotionally, spiritually, you're in a dark place. Don't be fooled by that. Don't, don't, don't take it so seriously that, that you're, you're stuck in something. Darkness is not an entity. When you're in it, it seems real, but it's not. It's just a lack of light. So bring some light in, and the darkness is gone, because darkness cannot exist when light is there. Darkness is the absence of light. As soon as you bring light in, the darkness is gone. As indeed, the book of Tanya says, one of the most powerful quotes that uh, is sourced by Rabbi Schneerzal, and it's, it's his own concept, and that is that a small light banishes a lot of darkness. You could be in a, a very big room that's very, very dark, and a small candle that you light will banish the entire darkness of the room. Every corner of the room will now be touched by your light. Because a small light banishes a huge amount of darkness. Because darkness is not a real entity. Darkness is just a lack, a void, an, em an emptiness. As soon as you fill that void with a little bit of light, the darkness is gone. As we remember from being scared of the dark when we were kids, it, it's scary. Why? Because you imagine what must be in the dark. You're, you're convinced that there is a monster under the bed that there are, are robbers coming into the house just because of the darkness, the unknown. So we create a whole reality out of that darkness. But if we just turn on the light, which could be literally turning on the light, or it could be emotionally turning on some light, feeling a sense of light, of God's closeness to us, that we're being looked after, our parents come into the room and, 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 and put us at ease. A little bit of light dispels all that darkness or that the monster's gone because it, it never existed in the first place. Darkness is not an entity. Darkness is just, is just a void. 
It's just an emptiness. It's just a lack. And so a little bit of light will dispel that darkness. And we know this from our own experience when we have been through dark times. A little bit of light, a little bit of encouragement, of faith, uh, of love, of connectedness, of clarity. And suddenly all the darkness that was haunting us just disappears. Sometimes we can't do that ourselves. We can't bring the light ourselves. We're so involved in the darkness. We're so taken by it that we can't bring the light ourselves. Somebody else has to come in and, and, and turn on a, a, a light for us, light a candle for us. And sometimes even that doesn't work so, so easily and so quickly, but we're so preoccupied with the darkness. But as soon as the light hits us a little bit, the darkness is gone. And that's because there is this opinion, a valid opinion, a, an opinion that, that has valid sources within Kabbalah and, and within the Torah, that darkness is not an entity, it's just an absence of light. But that's only one opinion. That's only one way of looking at it. There's another way of looking at it. And that is the second opinion. Continues Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, the Friedrich Rebbe. He says, however, according to the second opinion, that darkness is a creation of its own it's not an, just an absence. It's a creation of its own. It's its own entity. It could have existed even before light existed. There could be something called darkness even without light because darkness is created just like light is created. So just like a tree is not dependent on a rock to, be exi to, to, to exist, you could create either of them first. So too, God could create darkness and then light. You don't need light to have darkness because darkness is an entity, has its own identity, has its own being and shape and reality, according to the second opinion. And in fact, says Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, in fact, this is the case. This is the case. The darkness existed before light. As the Torah first states, darkness was on the face of the deep. Before it states, let there be light. Right at the beginning of Genesis, at the creation of the world, the first statement that God made of creation was, let there be light. That's the first, where it says in the Torah, God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. But before God said, let there be light, we're told in the Torah that darkness was on the face of the deep. Meaning, before God created light, there was darkness. Now, if darkness is merely the absence of light, it can't exist before light. There has to be light and then the absence thereof. And we see that the Torah speaks about darkness before speaking about light, implying that darkness is a thing independent of light. And light came along later on. And the way it was created was that this darkness will only have supremacy as long as light is out of the way. When light comes in, darkness moves aside. That's the way it's created. But that doesn't mean that darkness is not an entity. Darkness is a real thing that was created intentionally on its own before light. This is the second opinion, which leaves us with a very different conclusion about darkness as opposed to the first opinion. The first opinion indicated that darkness is merely the absence of light and therefore, it can be easily vanquished because it's not real. 
Darkness is not real. It doesn't have any substance to it. It falls. As soon as there's light, the darkness is gone. So, so don't take it so seriously. That's the first opinion. The second opinion says, no, you better take darkness seriously. It's real. It was created independently. It's a real thing. In fact, darkness came before light. It was created first. Yes, it's true that a little bit of light will banish a lot of darkness. But that darkness needs banishing because it's a real thing. It was created. It was created as real. Now, I don't know how you feel, but at this stage, I feel that I would prefer the first version of darkness. I was quite happy with the idea that darkness is just an absence of light, not a real thing, not a, not a true entity. And therefore, we just have to overcome it. We have to overcome ourselves in our taking it too seriously. I was quite comfortable with that version of darkness. Whereas this version, the second opinion, that darkness was created, it's therefore real. I don't know how comfortable I am with that one. That means the darkness and all that darkness represents, which is evil, pain, suffering, the negative side of the world, all of that is actually real, is actually a created intentional existence. It's supposed to be there. It has a place. That, that's a bit of a worry. And yet, the Friedrich Rebbe here not only presents this position, but he even brings a little bit of support for that position from the Torah itself, saying that darkness came before light, meaning darkness is not dependent on light. It's its, its own entity. That means this is darkness is something that's here to stay. We, we thought darkness was just a lack. Bring the light and the darkness is gone. Now we're hearing, well, that's according to one opinion, but there's another opinion that says that no, darkness was created. It's a part of creation, an integral part of, of the universe. And it's not just a void and a lack. It's a thing that has to be contended with. Well, that makes all of the pain and the suffering much more permanent, it would seem. The darkness is gonna is here to stay. It's it's a real thing. It's a real entity. It's supposed to be there. It's it's not just uh, because we didn't bring enough light, so there's so there's darkness. But as soon as we bring the light, the darkness is gone. Here it seems like the darkness. No, the darkness is there. There's light and there's darkness. Two different creations. Two different entities. So. Generally speaking, in Torah thought, when there are more than one opinion on something, we need to debate it to decide, well, which way do we go? Because you can't have it both ways. Either darkness is the absence of light and therefore not an entity, or darkness is its own entity and has its own reality and is created in the independent of light. You can't have it both ways. So whichever way it is, we're going to have to find out it matters. It matters how we're going to deal with our darkness. Is it an imaginary thing that we just have to dispel with light? Or is it something real that we need to contend with, live with, appreciate maybe? What, what is it? Which way do we go? So after presenting the two opinions, the Friedrich Rebbe 
states the following. Indeed, the truth is with the second opinion that darkness is a creation of its own. As it states, there's a clear verse in the book of Isaiah, which we quote in our morning prayers. He forms light and creates darkness. Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak here, the Friedrich Rebbe says, it's, it's clear from the book of Isaiah, the prophet says that God forms light and creates darkness, meaning there's two different creations here. There's light and there's darkness, and they're both real entities. And we quote this in our morning prayers, that God forms light and creates darkness. Now, if darkness was merely the absence of light, so then it wouldn't need to be created. You create light, and when there's no light, darkness comes. And indeed, Maimonides, in his Guide to the Perplex, the great philosophical work, he tries to argue that this verse is fitting in with the first opinion that God forms light and creates darkness. He says that the word create means something coming out of nothing. And he argues that that means that he created light, he, that, that was created, and darkness was the sort of flip side that came about as a result of it. But a simple reading of the verse does not lend itself to that reading. He forms light and creates darkness. Both of them are active, deliberate creations, light and darkness. And so the Friedrich Rebbe here, after presenting the two opinions, says, the truth is with the second opinion. Darkness is real. It is not just an absence of light. So we're going to have to deal with it. And if we would leave it there, so we would have a big issue that we're going to need to somehow come to terms with, and that is that darkness is real. Darkness is, is a, an, an absolute entity. It was created by God. He formed light and he created darkness. But then the Friedrich Rebbe throws a spanner in the works and says, on a deeper level, the second opinion does not contradict the first, but rather adds to it. For darkness is both the absence of light and an entity of its own. Okay, hang on. We, we were quite sure that we had two opinions that were contradictory. When you presented two explanations that don't fit together, so, okay, that's fine. You can have two views of things. That's acceptable throughout Torah thought. There are such things where there's two different views. We're discussing the topic of darkness. One view is darkness is merely the absence of light. It doesn't have an entity of itself. The other opinion, the other way of looking at it, the other view is that no, darkness was created. It is an entity of itself. It's a fair debate. We can debate it. We can quote different sources. We can use different logical arguments. They're two different opinions. We're going to have to maybe decide which way we want to go, but there's two different opinions. A minute ago, we saw that the Friedrich Rebbe told us that the second opinion is correct. Darkness is an entity. It's a reality. And then he tells us 
But on a deeper level, they're not contradicting each other, these two opinions. To say that darkness is the absence of light or to say that darkness is an entity of itself is not a contradiction. It's both. It's the absence of light and an entity of its own. What? How can you say that? How, how, how does that make sense? On a deeper level, what does this mean? How can we reconcile two completely different views of darkness? It's like saying that the, the monster under your bed is imaginary, but it's real. And it's not a contradiction. In fact, one, one sheds light on the other. It, 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 it adds to the other. No, it doesn't. Either they're, either they're imaginary or they're real. You can't, they can't be both. Either darkness is an entity or it's a non-entity. It can't be both, can it? How? How, how can they both be true at the same time? So to understand this, we're going to have to go on a, a deeper journey and understand a little bit better the topic here of the formation of light and the creation of darkness. Remember, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak quoted the verse from Isaiah, he forms light and creates darkness. This, this was his proof text that darkness is a creation. It says creates darkness. In Hebrew, yotzer or forms light and borechoshech creates darkness. That's as clear as we can get an indication that darkness is in existence. And indeed, we say this verse every morning in our prayers, that God forms light and he creates darkness. So if we look a bit closer at this verse, you will have noticed that the verb used for these two creations, light and darkness, is different. Forms light and creates darkness, indicating that light and darkness are two different types of creations. One was formed, the other one was created. In Hebrew, yotzer is the word for form, and bore is the word for create. And they're, they're two different things. This, there's, there's a different verb here. And we know that the words of the prophets are very exact. They don't use two different verb forms just for a, a nice, beautiful expression or to be more poetic or interesting, it's specific and exact. Light was formed, darkness was created. If we understand what that means, we'll understand what darkness really is. So there's a teaching from the Ari, Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, the great Kabbalist who we've met several times from the 1500s in Sfat, there's a Siddur, a prayer book that was put together by Rabbi Shabsi Rashkova, who was a student of the Baal Shem Tov in the 1700s. And he put it together a Siddur, a prayer book with mystical intentions based on the writings of the Ari. Meaning it's got the, the words of the prayers and interspersed between the words, it tells you what to think about, what to meditate on to have a mystical prayer experience. It's not easy reading, let me tell you. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not for beginners. Uh, this is, this is, is for very advanced Kabbalists who actually pray with these intentions. And they would take hours and hours for their prayers. What, what 
in a normal prayer book is just a couple of lines in this prayer book is a few pages because there's things to think about different divine names and different spiritual entities and, and, and realities that you're supposed to meditate on in order to activate the prayer experience and bring it to a totally different level so most of most of the book would not be understandable to us at all but here's a just a little snippet of what he says about this very line that in the prayers we say that god forms light and creates darkness he says when reciting the words he forms light and creates darkness have in mind that yitzira is more distant from the emanator so we can enjoy its light and it shines for us but Bria is closer to the emanator than Yitzira, so we do not have the capacity to handle its light it becomes dark for us meaning what the Arizal here has is pointing out is that the difference between the words for forming light and creating darkness come from the words Yotzer from Yitzira and Bore from Bria, which are the names of two worlds that we met in our previous class, the world of Yitzira and the world of Bria. In the order of worlds, we learned that we are in the world of Asiya, the physical world of action. Above us is the world of Yitzira, which means the world of formation. Above that is the world of Bria, the world of creation. And above that is Atzilut, the world of emanation, which is an emanation of, of divine light. So that is from top to bottom, the highest to the lowest worlds. And we inhabit the lowest. Just above us is the world of Yitzira. The world of Bria is beyond that. And then Atzilut is the, is the divine realm. So the Arizal points out that when it talks about darkness, It says it's from Yitzira. It says it's from Bria, sorry. And the light is from Yitzira. That these worlds, these four worlds are in ascending order of their, of their light and their energy. The divine light in the world of Atzilut is total. It completely fills the world of Atzilut. There's just the divine light and nothing else. The world of Bria already is a world that has a bit of identity separate from the divine but the light is extremely powerful there as well the world of yitzira is already a dimmed light where the divine light is not as, as powerful and then the world of asiya the light is completely dimmed so we live in a physical world where you look out the window you don't see god the world of yitzira which is the world above us spiritually above us is where the divine light shines in the world of bria it shines even more intensely and in the world of Atsilut, it, it it completely overwhelms the world so from top to bottom, we're going from more divine revelation to more, more filtered light, down to, to, to even more filtered, all the way down to our world where the light is concealed completely. The divine light is concealed. We went at length into these four worlds at last week's class, so we won't go more into that. But applying this to the verse, it says God forms light and creates darkness forms yotzer corresponds to the world of yitzira creates bore corresponds to the world of berea 
And so the Rizal is saying that when we say this line in our prayers, we should have in mind, light comes from the world of Yitzira. Darkness comes from the world of Bria. And the difference between them is Yitzira is one world removed from our world. Therefore, we experience light as light. It is coming from a place not too far removed from us. It's from a world that's only one world removed from our world of Asiya. It's coming from a world that is two worlds removed from the world of Atsilut. So the light has been dimmed sufficiently for us down here to handle it. Meaning any spiritual light that we experience in the world of Asiya, which is the world of concealment where God's light is dimmed, if we do experience a bit of light, that is a light spilling from the world of Yitzira, the world immediately above us. And therefore we handle it, we experience it as light. But there's another light, and that is the light of the world of Berea, the world that is two worlds removed from us, and only one world removed from Atzilut, from the divine light itself. That light, the world of Berea light, is so intense, is so overwhelming, is so beyond us, that we down here in the world of Asiya, two worlds removed from that light, can't handle it. We cannot absorb it. And so what we receive down here is not light, but darkness. Not because it's actual darkness that is being shone upon us. We're not being sent darkness, but because it's beyond us, because it's too high, so we don't perceive it. So the Rizal says, when you say the words Yotzer or what you have in mind, is that I have light in my life. I have blessings in my life. I have amazing things that have happened to me. I have moments when I feel divine closeness, when I feel inspired and uplifted, when I feel a sense of love and unity with the universe. I have beautiful things that have happened to me in my life. I have amazing gifts that have been bestowed upon me. All of these are light, meaning divine flow that I can experience for its positive beauty. And that must be because it's coming from the world of Yitzira. All the blessings in my life are coming from the world of Yitzira, the world immediately above ours, which has a light that we can handle, a light that we can relate to, that we can experience for what it is, light. That's the blessings and the positive and the good in my life. And then you say the words, that the same God who forms light creates darkness. And when you say those words, have in mind, that God creates darkness, which means I have darkness in my life as well. I have moments where I'm left in the dark. I feel totally disconnected from God, from myself, from those around me. I don't feel it. I don't feel the light. On, on the contrary, I feel darkness. I feel heavy. I feel down. I feel pain. I feel left alone. There are times in my life where things are bad. That's darkness. And what is darkness? Arizal says darkness is light from the world of Bria. It's a light that is so intense that you can't experience it as light because it's light that's coming from two worlds beyond you. 
it's too far removed from your reality. It's a light that's beyond your grasp. It's a light that is from a world, one world down from Atsilut, from the divine light itself, but two worlds away from you in the world of Asiya. That light is too bright. It's too intense. You can't handle it. So you don't receive it as light. You receive it as darkness. Because when light's too, too strong, you can't look. It blinds you. But what is it really? It's really light. Yes, you're experiencing darkness. But what are you really experiencing? It's really light. So, so I need to meditate on the darkness in my life and say, it's not what it seems to be. It is the divine light too high for me to currently experience. And for now, I see it as a, as a lack. But that's not what it really is. It's really a higher light. The... The metaphor used by the Kabbalists to try and convey this idea, they would often use, particularly in Hasidic writings, the metaphor of a teacher conveying wisdom to a student. Because just like light is a, a symbol of goodness, blessing, and positivity, light is also a symbol of wisdom to enlighten is to share wisdom. Even, you know, the light bulb moment in comics where a light bulb goes off in somebody's head, it's, it's a moment of wisdom. Light represents wisdom. So when, when a teacher is imparting wisdom to a student, so what are they trying to do? The teacher has in their mind ideas, concepts, thoughts that the teacher wants to impart on the student share that wisdom on the student what's happening is the teacher is shining their light and the teacher and the, the teacher's light is then being conveyed to the student who is basking in that light and receiving that wisdom when we when we sit in a class and we listen to wisdom when we read a book or when we, when we watch a, a clip and we hear ideas of wisdom how do we feel? We feel enlightened. We feel our, our, our light bulb moments going off. We feel our, our mind being expanded upon. And there's, there's an amazing light and warmth going on. There's no deeper and greater pleasure in this world, in the physical world, than the pleasure of enlightenment, of, of receiving wisdom, of things making sense. And so that the experience of a teacher conveying wisdom to a student is the experience of light. But it sometimes happens in the midst of that very lesson that the teacher, seeing how much the student is enjoying and experiencing and being enlightened by the class, the teacher wants to go deeper. The teacher wants to share even more light. The teacher wants to really enlighten the student. So the teacher takes the class to a new level, goes to a new depth and shares ideas that the student has never heard anything like it before. At that stage, the concepts go way deeper. 
the ideas and principles and the, the, the jargon and language that's used, uh, terminology that the student has never heard before, concepts that are not familiar at all to the student. In the teacher's mind, it's all clear. And the teacher's conveying it through the words of their mouth, but the student at this stage is completely lost, does not have a clue what's going on. Until now, they were following a beautiful class that made total sense. And then suddenly the teacher went to a deeper level to try and convey these deeper ideas. And the students sitting there lost, confused in the dark, left in the dark. There's no light now. Before the student's mind was flashing with light, understanding what was going on. And then when the teacher went deeper, the student's mind is now completely blank. I, I don't even know what's going on. I'm more confused than I was before. Not only am I not receiving enlightenment, clarity, wisdom, I'm getting confused. I don't know what's flying. I feel frustrated. In a way, I even feel as the student, I feel a little bit neglected and ignored. Until now you were talking to me. Now you're talking to the wall. You're not talk talking to me. I feel like I'm the wall because I don't know what's going on. From the student's perspective, the student is left in the dark. From the teacher's perspective, I'm giving you even bigger light, even deeper light. In a similar way, when we receive divine light as light, when things are good and going good for us, we are receiving a divine blessing of light from a level that we can handle, a level of light that is contained enough for us to receive. But then sometimes we receive a light that is beyond what we can handle, more than we can receive. It's beyond our capabilities, our capacity, our ability to, to contain. And so then we don't feel light. We don't receive light. We receive darkness. We, we feel in the dark. It seems almost like God has abandoned us at that moment. Like he's cursing us. He's sending us bad things. That's not love. It's, it's darkness. That's from our perspective. But what we need to meditate on is that no, at that moment, there is a higher light being shone upon you. It's so high that you can't experience it currently with your containers. You cannot experience it as light. You can only experience it as darkness now because you don't have the vessels, the receptacles to experience the light. But that doesn't mean it's not light. That doesn't mean you're being abandoned on the contrary there's a deeper love being shown to you at that moment the one that you can't experience now how does that feel it still feels like dark it still feels like like pain it's it's even if i know all of this information even if I do meditate on the idea that the darkness I'm receiving is actually a higher light coming from a higher place, I still feel it as pain. I'm still left in the dark. The student who's hearing these ideas that are beyond their capacity 
is still feeling confused, not enlightened. They, they don't go away smarter or with, with, with more information. They go away confused. And so too, even if we have the faith that the moments of darkness are actually higher light coming down to us, we still feel sad. We still feel pain. And that's true. And we have to. That's, that's, that's who we are. That's, that's our reality. It's true. On our reality, it's true that we're, we're left that way. But knowing that we are not actually being abandoned, that we're actually being given a higher light, just knowing that, even if you don't feel it, but knowing it takes the edge off the pain of that situation. To know that somehow there is some greater, deeper light being conveyed to me at this moment. In our darkest moments of our life, we are actually closer to God in those moments than in the light and happy times. There is an, an intimacy that we're experiencing with God in those moments that you can't reach through good times. There is a depth of experience of reality that comes through the painful and dark moments that cannot be achieved without that. Why it has to be that way, we don't know, but that's how it is. And so now we can understand that in the prayers when we meditate, Yotzer Or, that God creates, he forms light, and Borech Hoshech, he creates darkness. We're meditating on the fact that the light in our life is coming from Yetzirah, the light we can handle. The darkness in our life is coming from Bria, a light that's too much for us to handle. Which is why the previous Rebbe said earlier, that darkness is a creation. It's not the lack of light. It's a real creation. It's a creation coming from the world of Bria. As real as light is, darkness is even more real because light comes from Yetzirah. But darkness comes from Bria, even higher. And so it's a reality of its own. It's not, a, it's not a, an absence. And that's why darkness comes before light in creation. It says there was darkness on, on the face of the deep before let there be light. Because the world of Bria comes before the world of Yetzirah. It's higher. It's closer to the divine reality. So to say that darkness is an entity of itself, it's a creation of itself, it certainly is. It's a light from the world of Bria. Darkness is light from the world of Bria. But at the same time, the other opinion that says that darkness is the absence of light is also true. In fact, it adds to it, explains it, elaborates on the second opinion, which is that light is an entity of itself. Sorry, darkness is an entity of itself because what is darkness? Darkness is light coming from a higher place. But how do we experience it? We experience it as a lack because it's too much for us. It's too high for us. So it is both and both are true. Darkness is the lack of light, not because it's a non-entity, 
it's an experience of an entity that is too much for us beyond our, our, our capability, our capacity, what we can contain. But it's very much a reality. And so even though on a conscious level, we're experiencing a void, an emptiness, a lack, we're ex experiencing darkness. On a conscious level, that may be true. But on a soul level, we're experiencing a higher light at that very moment. The higher light of God shining on us at that moment. Too much for us to handle. Now, it's, it's easier when you're talking about light and darkness. But when you're talking about the applications of that in life, Light is good, darkness is evil. Light is happiness, darkness is sadness. Light is success, darkness is failure. Light is health, darkness is illness. Light is pleasure, darkness is pain. The, the, the light column are blessings, the dark column are not. And yet, darkness is just the light that's coming from a higher place. Every negative experience that happens, there's a hidden light, a deeper light there. If we could only tap into it, turn it around, capture it, we can go to a higher place. But the question will remain, what good is this? What's the point of this? If, if a teacher is teaching students, your job is to teach wisdom. Why would a teacher who's sensible, who's sensitive, who's in tune with the students start speaking above their level? Why would a teacher who, whose job it is to illuminate, to enlighten, to share wisdom, why would that teacher go off on, on a tangent that is not relatable to the students? Is that not a failing in the teacher? Is that not a teacher that is not sensitive to the students in front of them? Why would, it, would a teacher go deeper, way beyond the, the, what the students can handle and then confuse them and confound them and, and, and mess them up? That's not a good teacher, is it? Shouldn't the teacher be tailoring to the students, not going beyond? So to answer this, there's one more profound Kabbalistic idea. We know that if you're in a dark room like this and you stay in the darkness for a, a while and then suddenly you go into the light, your eyes hurt. You, you, you have to look away from the light. After being used to darkness for a while and then you see light, You're blinded by the light. And if I would ask you, why is that? Why is it that after darkness, you're blinded by light? So the simple reason is, well, when you've been in darkness and you're used to darkness, the contrast of darkness to light is so strong, so overwhelming, that your, your eyes can't handle it. Your eyes got used to darkness. And then when suddenly a bright light comes, your eyes are not used to that. And so they have to look away that you're blinded. 
The Kabbalists say, no, actually, that's not the, the case. There's a Hasidic saying that says that there's a light that comes out of darkness that is a more powerful light than if there was no darkness in the first place. The reason why you have to look away is because the light is so strong because of the darkness. The darkness makes the light stronger. How so? When you're in the dark, what happens to your eyes? Your, your pupils dilate. They, they expand. Because you're in darkness, you have a natural yearning for light. And so your pupils open up wide to try and take in any little hint of light there may be in that darkness. And the longer you're in the dark, the more your eyes are working to try and find the hidden light in that darkness. You've become so sensitive to light now, so open to light, that when the light does come, it's an overwhelming light. You see much more light. Had you had the light all along, your eyes would be comfortable with the light. When you experience darkness, the darkness itself beckons from you a yearning for light, an openness to light, a connection to light that's way deeper. So when the light does come, you get it all and it's overwhelming. And this, the Kabbalists say, is the real intention of darkness. That in darkness itself, there is a light. It's a deeper light. We know it's there. And so when we go through darkness, we expand our vessels to seek that light, to seek it, seek it through. There is a, a, a growth that we go through, a soul expansion that darkness causes because we know that darkness can't be just darkness. We know in, in the depth of our soul that darkness is a deeper light. We're just looking for it. Find, where is that light? We never would search so much if we wouldn't have the darkness. We'd be happy with the mediocre light that we had before. But in darkness, we seek, for, seek a deeper light. We expand our, our abilities. We open up our vessels to look for a deeper light. And so the teacher who, who, in the midst of a nice, relatable, sensible, well-structured lecture, then goes off and teaches a way out that concept that's totally beyond the students. What's the teacher doing? The teacher saying to the students, it's good what you're being enlightened by. It's good the information you're understanding. But if you're understanding it, that means it's within the realm of your experience. It fits what you are already. But the teacher looks at the student and says, I want you to be bigger than that. I want you to experience more than that. And so I'm going to go deeper. You're going to miss what I'm talking about. You're not going to understand a word. You're going to feel abandoned and confused. But that confusion will lead to a yearning to understand. A desire, deep thirst for, for light that you won't have as long as things are comfortable. But as soon as things go dark, you yearn for it. And that yearning is more precious than the light that came before. Okay.
I'm going to look now at some questions that are on the chat. Everyone's welcome to put any questions you'd like to ask, and we will try and deal with them one by one. So question here is, when you say we can't perceive the light of Berea, do you mean it's a light we don't understand? We perceive light we don't understand as darkness? Yes. That not perceiving the light of Berea meaning it's beyond us. And therefore we receive it as, a, as its lack, as a void. So darkness is the experience of a higher light that was beyond us. Um, another question here, that darkness can represent lack of clarity, ignorance, and evil. What about the darkness inside the Torah scrolls when they're closed? The darkness of the womb, the darkness inside our bodies. We carry this darkness with us all the time. Is this a level of holiness beyond us? Beautiful, yes. So all those, all those corners and dark places, there is a, it's, there's space for something greater than us, something bigger than us. In fact, even, even the Torah, it says that the Torah in heaven was white fire with black fire, that the letters are like black fire, darkness, and there's white fire around it. And so there's, there's wisdom that you see and there's wisdom that's beyond what you see um, in, the, in the Torah itself. And so, yeah, definitely true. Um, another question I've heard before that you wouldn't know what each one is if the other didn't exist, as, as if they would need the other in order to exist itself. Light wouldn't know that what light is if it wasn't for darkness. And same for darkness, not knowing what it is without the existence of light. They need each other in order to exist. And they both give each other this significance, meaning, and power, importance. Yes, certainly that's true. Um, that's, that's another level uh, of, of light versus darkness, that there are contrasts. That, that you can only have one when you have the other. Without the contrast, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't have both. That's, that's certainly true as well. Okay. If there are no other questions, so we'll call it a night. Thank you so much for joining for this and for the series. If you missed any of them, they're all up on YouTube and, and also on podcasts. You can search and find them. And uh, please, God, we'll be starting a new series of Kabbalah uh, in the coming weeks. So keep in touch and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Daba. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Thank you.